Welcome into another episode of ESPN's Ball and the Real World podcast. My name's Kane Pittman, and we've got a good one today. Josh Green from the Dallas Mavericks. We were fortunate enough to spend around 40 minutes with Josh when he was recently back in Australia, and it was a wide-ranging chat. You don't often get this length of time with our NBA stars that are getting the job done over there, but we spoke about the fact he was in Australia. He hasn't been to Australia since he was a kid. He's been spent a lot of time in the U.S., Obviously, the pandemic has impacted that. We discussed winning bronze with the Boomers and his ambitions with the national team moving forward. But perhaps most interestingly enough for me, his time with the Dallas Mavericks. Really good team, playing alongside some stars like Luka Doncic, in and out of the rotation, had some great moments last year, but ultimately was sat during the playoffs as Jason Kidd narrowed his rotation. The team went all the way to the conference finals, but... Josh wasn't on the floor in the last games of the season. He opened up about that. He discussed what he's learned about the NBA system so far, playing under Jason Kidd, playing next to Luka Doncic, and much more. It was a really, really fascinating chat. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you keep it locked at ESPN.com.au for your NBL, WNBL, NBA news, all basketball news. And also listen to this podcast. Every Tuesday, Olga Ulich and myself talking NBL. And then we have other feature conversations like this one with Josh Green. We should have Jamal Murray just around the corner as well. I recently caught up with him. So subscribe to the Ball on the Real World podcast wherever you get your podcasts and you'll know every time an episode drops. But for now, let's jump into the conversation with Josh Green. Josh, we'll talk about what it's like being back in Australia since the few days that you've been here. But just flying in to Australia for the first time as you're landing, it has to be a crazy feeling after so many years. It's a sick feeling to be back. It took like two or three days to realize like, wow, we're back home in Sydney. I've loved it. I've loved it. And what are you trying to get done while you're here in Australia? I know it's only a, a short time and you've probably got a lot to yeah. do. What's on the list? Uh, I think just, you know, just trying to do, you know, what I can do at the, in, but as, in, in saying that, just being able to enjoy my time being back here. Uh, I went to Swans game the day we landed uh, on Saturday. So, you know, just being around that atmosphere again and seeing that was awesome. Um, but yeah, just seeing family and friends, you know, catching up with my, you know, boys that I grew up with. Um, it's all been really good. So it's um, just trying to take it all in. And, you know, I've got a younger sister who doesn't really remember too much of Sydney. So trying to get her to see all that and, and, and learn everything. So it's it's been good. From a basketball perspective, I know you played a lot of sports when you were younger, but what is the first memory you have playing basketball here in Australia? It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think one of the biggest and memories I had playing basketball was getting cut from a state team in year five. Very, very much. It, it motivated me a lot. Um, but I don't know. It can be anything. You know, me and, me and my brother used to play in the driveway at the front and it used to end into fights and everything. So I could uh, say that's probably one of my biggest memories of playing basketball as a kid. Um, you know, Samuel Gilbert playing PWSA every Friday, Friday morning. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a bunch of things, you know, but I'd say, yeah, well, my dad shouting at me as a kid. Um, <laughs> that was a big one. Uh, my dad and my mom was my coach. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of a lot of memories coming back here. You mentioned both your parents, but they both played or they, was, they certainly have been involved with basketball for a long time. Um, when you're playing all these sports in Australia, it's it's a little bit different. Like basketball, it, people play basketball, but it's not the first sport that 
people think there's a pathway to get to where you are now. So your mum was your first coach. Do you have many memories of, I know you were super young playing under her? Yeah, um, no, nah, it was always good memories. You know, I think it's, it's funny. Mum and dad both coach. I just remember whenever I used to get subbed out, I, I literally was just like, you know, dad and mum, like, I'm ready to go, like, <laughs> I'm ready to go back in. Um, but no, I, I mean, it was good. You know, they were able to make me very competitive and, um, you know, didn't hold me to any other, you know, standard just because I was their son or whatever. So it was fun. It was always competitive and uh, I enjoyed having them as my coaches. And then it finally got to an age, you know, where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to have like a, another coach where I can, you know, grow and expand, you know, so yeah. You mentioned the state team that you got cut from, but you eventually played for a number of state teams along the way. At what point did you think... I'm pretty good at basketball because, it, it, again, the talent pool here in Australia is just different to eventually what you got to in your, in your teenage years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of hard to say. You know, I mean, growing up in Australia, you know, I, I played, um, I think I was good for my, good for my age. Um, you know, I played seconds in year seven or eight at, at Kings. And, um, you know, I, I always, you know, thought I was, you know, decent, decent enough, like for, you know, local reps and everything like that. You know, a pretty good player for reps. Um, you know, I wasn't getting, you know, at a young age, you know, a lot of guys start getting invited to AIS, anything like that. I wasn't really at that caliber, you know, didn't really get any of that type of looks, anything like that. Um, and then got to America, um, got off to a little bit of a slow start. It was, you know, it was a big reality, like a huge reality check, you know, the basketball, I thought it was big over here. And then you get over there and it's just like, it's, it's, uh, it's everything for everyone over there. So um you know i think it was it took a while it really did you know i was really I, I always thought you know maybe i should just come back here play australian football and then um i got a offer from a smaller school um and like i was just like emotional it was awesome and then after i got that offer i started getting more and more looks and everything like that and i don't know i think it was probably until like i first moved to img where i'm like you know maybe i can do something with basketball and um so back here in Australia then, Castle Hill. I, I, you've been back there, I'm not sure if you still know people there, but w what's changed? Oh, Castle Hill's changed. <laughs> we drove in the other day and um, like I'm like half asleep and then I start waking up a little. I look up and there's like skyscrapers and all these big apartment buildings and it's just, it's a lot, you know? We went to Castle Towers because we used to go to the Nando's there. It's gone. <laughs> and, uh, it's devastating. Yeah, it's all, it was, we were really, we didn't know what to do, so. Um, yeah, I mean, even just Castle Towers in general, you know, it's all renovated now. Um, but yeah, I, th I think just being around it, you know, some Samuel Gilbert, I went to Samuel Gilbert yesterday, uh, see a couple of my old teachers and they've got like a four story building now. And I'm like, you know, what is this? You know, I, so they're just continuing to build and build and it's a developing area and it's fully developed now for sure. You mentioned a few different things, but when you leave Australia, you're still super, super young. So. I'm not sure whether it's weird for you to come back as an adult, but when you thought about Australia, what are some of the things that you were like, I really miss this or I really need to get back there for that? Um, just the way of life, you know, like I think for, every, for everything, you know, just being able to wake up in the morning, you know, I'm staying over in Bondi area now. It's very nice waking up, just, you know, walking, going, get coffee, you know, doing that walk and, you know, just it's, it's very calm and relaxing here and I miss that a lot. Um, and then also just, you know, it's like, it's hard, you know, I, I, uh, that our move was just so very like last minute, like we always, 
you know, we talked about it a couple of times with our parents, you know, mom and dad, and they were like, you know, there's a possibility we could go to uh, America and we're all for it. And then one day it was just, all right, we're going next week. And I was like, it was hard, you know. Uh, I remember it was like the last day of term at King's. And I was telling my friends, like, I'm not going to be coming back next term. And they all thought I was lying. Um, so that didn't go down too well. Like, they just said, all right, we'll see you next week, man. <laughs> and sure enough, I was landing in Phoenix two weeks later. And, uh, yeah, but I think uh, another thing is just I, I've always wanted to come back as well just so my little sister can see Australia um, and be able to see, like, where we grew up and, and all that type of thing. So um, I think there's a lot to it, you know. It's 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 a... It's a very good place to be. I remember when I was probably the age you were when you left yeah. and we moved, my family moved literally like four suburbs across and I was like cracking it. Yeah. I was like, I didn't want to move the adjustment over there. You spoke that, you know, you missed certain aspects here, but was it really difficult just as, a, as an Australian trying to, to grow up over there? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard. I mean, I remember when the plane landed in Phoenix, um, you know, it, it was like, the coolest idea, you know, thinking you were going to America and, you know, it, it was. But when the plane landed, you're like, wow, I'm not going back. And that didn't really hit me literally until like we landed. And, you know, that made me feel a type of way. But because I had like the rest of my family with me and all that, you know, it definitely helped out. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving's tough. I mean, the first day of school when I went there, I was wearing short shorts and, you know, <laughs> and everyone was just laughing at me. I had the Australian accent. So it, it took time to, to really get into it and, and, and get adjusted. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's had a lot of upsides too. And is your little sister enjoying it? I mean, it's obviously fun for you being able to show her around, but how do you think she's taking it all in? Yeah, I, th I think she, she was a little shocked at first. You know, we have, I'm seeing all my... Uh, like you know all my old boys and stuff and they remember her being you know not even, yeah. not even being able to walk around now she's you know she's she's big now she's finally you know it's it's my she's she's big she's so it's uh i think it's it's a little weird for her just because everyone like is treating her a little little like she's a little <laughs> baby still but she's loving it you know i think she uh she went to darling harbor today so she's seeing it all um yeah so i think it's just important for her to see a lot of stuff but i think she's enjoying it she's enjoying the food so it's good how did you try and keep some connection and we can get into some boomer stuff yeah. now, but when you are away for so long uh, and you obviously clearly are someone who's had a huge sense of pride of playing for Australia and being involved in those programs, how did you try and uh, stay connected, I guess, to home? Um, it's always like, no matter what it's been, like I've just always like, like just from when I moved over there, you know, there was just anything, you know, about Australia, you know, whether it was, you know, continuing to watch AFL, continuing to do that, staying in contact with my, you know, my boys from Kings and, and Samuel Gilbert. And um, it's just always been like, a, you know, a connection and in, in, in somewhat. And, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever Australian events, you know, whatever's happening in the Olympics, World Cup, you know, World Championships, I've always, you know, been so like bought into watching it and, I've always dreamed of like representing Australia and you know it's it's a cool thing you know to say you know you're Australian and be able to represent Australia so I try to do as much as I can just to be able to you know stay in contact with my friends and, and guys who evolved in my younger life. And I think now you're one of the guys that kids will play basketball and they think okay we can we can be Josh Green. When you moved to the US and maybe this is why it was so difficult to picture if, if it was you had uh, Patty and Baines around that time they won the title 2014 
Bogues was obviously over there, but other than that, Daly wasn't in the league yet. Joe wasn't in the league yet. Yeah. But you saw those two guys, and then seven years later, you're on an Olympic squad with those guys. Did what was that? It was crazy, and it was. It's like it's not even like it's not even like Joe, and it's not even like Pat. Like yeah, it's it's really cool being around them, but being around like you know other people around the Olympic Village. Like uh, mm-hmm. I was telling you know at dinner the other night, like. Even uh, I remember watching Jess Fox, you know, doing the, you know, her thing, getting all these medals, you know, when I was younger, I was like, I was like eight and I was watching it. And now and just walking around Olympic Village, seeing her just like, it's a huge reality. Like, it's just like, wow, like it, it's, it was just really awesome. And just, yeah, being able to be with Patty, Joe, Bainsey, you know, so it's cool. But like, yeah, all the swimmers, you grow up watching them and it's, it's just like, it's, it's a really surreal moment. So it, it's, um. It's definitely cool because you know seven years seven years ago if somebody asked me yeah, would i be doing it i'd be like god no i'm not so it's, it's cool for sure now you mentioned img but at what point along the journey then did you think okay maybe basketball is going to work out um the 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 summer right before img i started getting offered by a lot of school like a lot of schools and schools that started showing me a lot of interest img wanted me to finally you know, get out there. Um, I think I finally broke like the, the top 50 in America. And, you know, I started feeling pretty cool. And I was like, wow, like maybe basketball is like something I can do. You know, it's it's fun. And that's why like I was like, you know, maybe going IMG and taking a risk is just going to help me out even more. So I think when I got to IMG and I was, I think I was 16 and I, I learned just living by myself and staying by myself and it just kind of like showed me how much I really love basketball. And yeah, I, I feel like after that um, was cool. And you know, a bunch of stuff started happening after that. I got invited to play for Australia at 17. Um, I thought the game was in like Afghanistan or something. So I also had shoulder surgery. So yeah, that's why I didn't go. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think around that stage is when I was like, man, basketball could, could work out. Do you look at it now, and even a few years ago, it wasn't necessarily an option or it wasn't a, a proven path, as should we say. Guys like Josh, who, Josh Giddy, who have who've come to Australia and, and played, you obviously went the college route and you had plenty of offers. Do you look at that now and, and think that um, the different paths that are available to you guys is not necessarily something maybe you're interested in, but is, is more a more attractive option for Australian players? Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. I think, you know, uh, Australian basketball is just in the last... You know, Dyson's about to get, he just got drafted and it's just like, it's it's grown so much and Australia's done such a good job now of, you know, developing these guys and, you know, partnering up with the NBA now, with the NBA Academy in Canberra and, um, you know, giving pathways for kids to be able to, you know, be able to follow basketball. So it's, it's really, it is really cool to see. Um, and it's just, it's, it's grown so much because like, you know, when I was younger, it wasn't really too much. You know, you play reps and youth league and that's about it. Now it's uh, they've done a really good job of like being out of help, and I see there's a lot of Australians now playing college basketball and high school basketball. Um, so you know I think Australia's done a really good job being able to open up pathways for for younger kids, and I think it's cool. You know, it's a cool thing to be able to stay in your country and not have to to leave where you're from to be able to get looked at. What about the draft process for you? Because the well, hopefully there isn't another draft like that. Yeah. Uh, the pre-draft process or in the middle of the pandemic, you can't really be traveling around seeing all these teams. There was no live draft. How do you look back on that time frame from perhaps your, your mentality? Yeah, it was hard because um, I was in the middle of my uh, Pac-12 tournament and it got caught off. And 
it was like, it was awkward because it was like, well, whoa, like what's gonna happen now? So it ended a lot shorter than what, what I thought. Um, then I went back home and then I, like, I was like, I'm gonna go in the draft. And then it was like an eight month, like pre-draft process, which is usually only two or three months. Um, so it was a very long time. Um, and COVID, yeah, ruined it a lot. Um, but I don't know. I don't mind it. I feel like it kind of made it a little unique. You know, I try to look at it in a good way, like, you know, being at home with my family and my friends and all that way would experience it. Um, but it was hard. You know, I got, I got, I got COVID during the middle of the draft process, uh, missed out on a lot of workouts. So it all seemed so stressful at the time, but it's, it's, and you look back at it, it's like, it was very, not decently fun. Yeah. Now that you're back here in Australia, sometimes guys find this really difficult to do. But last time you were here, you were a kid. Now you're an NBA player. You're, you have to fly back because you're going to get ready for the season. Do you think about that at all? Just the, the enormity of, of what's changed since you were last year? Yeah. Um, I've already thought, I'm like, man, like I'm going to have to go back again. Like, you know, it's a, it is, it's tough, you know, it's tough, but it's like, it's, it's part of, you know, your job now. And it just makes me like look forward to it even more, being able to spend more off seasons being here. Um, now that COVID's cleared up and everything like that, it's like, you know, it's like, ah, uh, like, yeah, I go back. But for me personally, like, I'm really looking forward to the next NBA season. I try to work as hard as I can this off season. So looking forward to being back and just going into the season. But at the same time, you know, like it's, it's hard leaving Australia again, but now, uh, with everything so open up, like it's definitely like a, a, a good, good, good position for me to come back every off season and uh, start living here. What else have you got on in the next time you've got here? What can you get done here in Australia? As far as workout wise or anything, what, what, what's on your list? What do you really want to tick off? Mm, well, just chill a little. <laughs> I want to be able to relax a little. I might go out to Queensland if it stops raining. Um, Taking my little sister to the zoo, which is going to be interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of animals. Um, and, uh, you know, a little shopping, um, visit the King School. And then, yeah, just, just really just chill, drink, drink coffee. So weather-wise, you mentioned the weather, so. It's been good weather. A lot of, a lot of people that are, that are in the U.S., maybe they're, you know, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, wherever it is, they're like, I got to get back to Australia, get yeah. to the beaches. You mentioned the beach. You've been in warm weather yeah. states your whole time in the U.S., and it's pretty wet here at the moment. Yeah, it is, but it's, it's, been, it's, been, a, it's been a good week, though. It's, uh, it's, it's been a good week. It's been, like, perfect weather, I feel like. Like, I've been living in Las Vegas. Oh, that's and, too hot. Yeah, so it's, like, so hot. So coming here, it's been, like, very relaxing, very calm. So you mentioned you were ready for a big season. So two seasons, two coaches... To, but but long playoff runs. Do you how do you take stock of your first sort of twenty four? Probably wasn't even twenty four months in the league. Yeah, I mean, I look back and it's like it's so many up and downs. You know, with the coaching changes, um, you know, being on a, a good team where you, the you know responsibilities are high, and you know if you mess up, you know, being a younger guy, you know, there might be you know bigger consequences. But I feel like it's kind of like you know it helps me move, moving forward now, putting me in a good position and setting me up for you know. Uh, a good year and you know I just feel like I've been able to, to learn a lot um I was able to play in the playoffs didn't um you know played a couple games where it wasn't really hitting shots you know got set and it's just like you know it's just how it goes when you play on a good team so um it's one of those things where you know you learn from but it also really motivated me this summer to make sure I'm not in that situation again 
um, but making it to the Western Conference Finals, you know, like you just want to you want to keep doing it now. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's crazy. You know, going to guys against you know Steph Curry and going to guys like that at such a high level. It's like it's a adrenaline rush that you like you want to keep doing. Uh, we spoke to Jock a, a few times, and he said one of the shocks for him about the NBA system is that a lot of it's like you got to figure it out on your own. No one's there. No one's cuddling you. No one's walking you through it. So you talk about the rotation stuff, trying to break through. Maybe if you know you haven't played a game, is there a, one coach that you work with specifically that, you, that you've lent on or what's the process been like in Dallas? Yeah, so my, my, I mean, my second year has been, you know, very good as far as, you know, outreach and the coaches being able to help me out. You know, Coach Kidd has been amazing with me, very, you know, hands-on and is very supportive of me and is open for me making mistakes, which is good being a young player. You make a lot of mistakes. Um, but, you know, all the coaches have put like a collective, um, you know, they all they all kind of in it together. So, um, you know, my one of my main guys is Sean, uh, Coach Sweeney, Sweeney, yep. Sweeney, and he's a you know a very good guy and very very serious guy. Um, but you know, I've been able to work work with him, and yeah, I mean, I think the coaching staff are very open, and they will tell you what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. Um, but I mean, I like it. You know, it, it's it's obviously hard being a young guy because you know they'll be like, all right, you're done, like move on to the next someone who we like trust. But it just gives me more like reason, like, you know, just to continue to work as hard as I can. How have you rode the emotional roller coaster of trying to figure it out? And I'm sure you're a competitor and you have pressures on your own performance. How have you found that uh, along the first two seasons? Yeah, so very, com very competitive. First year was, you know, very tough for me. Didn't really get too many opportunities. Um, I was working out a lot uh, by myself and, you know, it was hard as well because like it's COVID. So it's not like I can just go like kind of do something to get my mind off it. You know, everything was closed down. I was just like, you know, you don't play one, play one night. All right. You're back in your apartment for 12 hours, next 15 hours and you're locked up in your apartment. You don't want to get COVID. So you're not going out and getting dinners and stuff. So that was hard. But, you know, I think it's a, like I said, just being able to learn that at a young age is being able to, to help me moving forward um, in, in, that, in those type of positions. Yeah, I spoke to a few guys that, that cover you in Dallas this week and they said that immediately after the season, you, I think you had like three or four days off and then you're in the gym. So what exactly, because I know you've been working out uh, with the trainer over there, but what does that look like? Yeah, um, it's just one of those, you know, I was just, I'm ready, I was ready to go. You know, like I said, you know, I was competitive and you know, I got sat in the, the playoffs, wasn't, you know, I had a couple of good games, but, you know, at that stage, you know, you need to be playing well every game. So for me, it's like, you know, I know what I needed to, to work on. And I took the break I needed, took three or four days off, um, you know, just went on a, a short, short holiday and then came back straight to Vegas and um, already had the, you know, as soon as, um, obviously I was very upset that we lost the game, but already started like kind of like marking out, you know, what, I had to do in the off season to, to work on my game and continue to, um, you know, just get ready for next year. So me and my trainer and, you know, the coaches at the Mavs and the GM were able to put down a good plan in place and um, just trying to knock out all what I need to do in the first two months. And now I'm in Australia and just continuing to, you know, kind of, you know, take a little bit of a break, but it's continue, I'm still working out here too. You've spoken a lot about the shot because when you look at what you do offensively in this team, it's like 90% of your shots are either threes or at the rim. And, and so you understand what your role is. Is it as simple as that in terms of, uh, you obviously want to have more progression, but is it as simple as that in terms of hitting shots 
staying on the floor offensively? Yeah, I mean, if you don't miss shots, you're gonna stay on the floor. If you're making them, you know, they're not gonna take you out. Um, you know, the biggest thing is like, you know, you don't know when you're gonna get the ball, um, which is hard, you know. It's a, uh, you know, you don't have, you don't get to dribble and kind of get a rhythm and stuff like that. You know, you might get a, you might get five shots in two minutes. You might get zero, like, you know, zero shots in 20 minutes. So just making sure I'm staying ready and, um, yeah, just, you know, I fixed a couple of things in my, in my shot, making sure it's a little sharper now. And yeah, just it's a lot of it is, is, is confidence as well. You know, a lot of these guys are very confident when they go on the floor. So it's just trying to build that up and, and be ready to go. I was going to ask you that. Have you got to a point where you're playing basketball now and playing NBA is, if it can be normal? Does it feel like this yeah. is just your job? It, it, it's finally, it, it did come become normal, like midway through second second year, like, you know, playing these guys and you're like, oh, it's like, this is, it's just, it's, it's normal now. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, should I shoot this shot or should I give it to, like, you know, should I give it back to Luca? Like, is he going to be mad? Um, and then you kind of like, just learn like, dude, this is like, this is, this is my job. This is what I'm meant to do. And you're like, you know, if you, if it goes in, it goes in, if it misses, you know, next, next play, make sure it goes in. So uh, for me, it's just being able to build that mentality. And that was, a, that was able to help me out in the second year when I was able to get a good shot at it. We see Luca from the outside. So you mentioned him and you, you joke about him being mad, but he's an emotional player. Yeah. What's he like as a teammate away, in, perhaps in those situations where maybe he, he does want you to do something differently or he wants the team to do something differently? What's he like? Well, that's what, and, and he's not necessarily, he gets more mad at me when I don't take the shot. Right. And he's, a, you know, just, just like me, he's very young too. You know, it's hard to believe that he's <laughs> so young, you know. Um, but in saying that, it's like, I feel like this last year he's taken a really big step in being a very good leader for our team. And I think that really showed with how far we went. You know, I think, I, I think he, you know, developed a lot and as a leader. And, you know, and the guys look at him as a, as a complete leader from, you know, 1 through 15. So it's like he was, he was very good for us, very, very good guy. Um, has all of our backs, you know, and he's really stepped into that leadership role. Do you keep an eye on the other moves and trades? And I know you guys you know, brought in Christian Wood and, and a few other moves. Do you closely follow that in the offseason? Nah, honestly, this offseason, just like just trying to shoot forward, just ready. You know, whatever happens, happens. And a lot of it's out of my control. But, you know, obviously, like, I, I see stuff like that. I met, I met the new players. Um, but, yeah, just it, it, it's there's something new every day. So it's, like, hard to stay on top of it all, really. Are you guys, if we go back to the playoffs, though, and you get to a game seven, it is the first time I would say you're in a normal playoff environment. The year before was still a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, even though you would have wanted to be playing, you're at a game seven, you guys... Probably we're outsiders, stunned everyone. As you're sitting there watching that, your first game seven moment, uh, what do you what do you think back on that? I wanted to be a part of it so badly, yeah. you know, uh, running out and like, you know, seeing the atmosphere and like it, it was funny because like and when we ran out, like it's almost like you get a sense and like the sense of, like the, like they felt very like you know unsure about the situation. Like we were ready, we were riled up, we were ready to go, and like I've never really seen that team like that, so. It was like really cool to see and like you know energy like from everywhere like just it makes you like your adrenaline pump like crazy and i'm just sitting there like oh. like i'm so happy right now but man like i wish i was out there um but it was awesome man it was really it was really cool to see like how happy our team was and and how hard we fought going into that game 
But you know it can change. If something happens, you, yeah. you will be out there. So how do you say, okay, let's not get caught up with this game seven right now? Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's like you can't get like literally like if there's like, you know, one wrong thing goes down, you know, one player gets one too many fouls in a, you know, a certain amount of time, you know, you need to make sure you're ready for your, for your name. And it was, it was, it was weird because like you kind of know when you're going to get in the game and not. So, you know, when it starts getting close to that time where I feel like, you know, maybe like this is like, this is usually when I get subbed in. It's like you start getting like, you know, you start warming up a little more and you're like ready to go. And then you miss that time. You're like, All right, no, I'll be, I need, you just need to stay ready. You know, it's, 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 it sounds like, you know, very like cliche, like you have to stay ready at all times, but like literally you have to like stay ready. So it's fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's fun. Did they mention that to you? So you went down to uh, zip and, and that's when I think the minutes started to, to cut back a little bit or they tighten the rotation. Did they mention that to you or is it just literally you go out there and you, you find out? It's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I literally just, I, I went in like, just there was one game, I just stopped playing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to ask questions at that time, you know, we're winning games and we're doing good job and it's like i'm not in a situation you know i just need to be the best team that i can be and and make sure that um you know as quickly as i, I stopped playing it's, it's could be go right back to the same thing the next game so for me it was just like you know making sure that i'm embracing this all and you know um yeah it, it, it sucked but at the same time like if we're winning games like i'm all for it you know yeah we spoke with matisse earlier on in the season and he mentioned actually that, that being around the Boomers was the first time he had guidance, whether it was from some of the Aussie guys or, or Gorge, um, about role player versus star and, and embracing the role player element. Did you take away a similar message? Yeah, I, I think just like, like people forget like how important role players are for teams. You know, you look at these teams like, you know, who just, you know, the Warriors just won the game. You know, you look at the guys who just have that particular role and they're able to just kill that role. It, it works so well for, for teams and teams are able to be so successful. You know, at the end of the day, like going into the Mavericks, I knew that I wasn't getting drafted to take any superstar role. You know, it is, it's already solidified. And, you know, there's just teams where, you know, you know you're not going to dribble the ball. You know, I think I maybe dribbled the ball tops three times, you know. So it's like you need to, like, just embrace embrace it and I, I that's how I realized you know that's how I got my first minutes is that like uh to be on the court like I have to be playing defense and I have to be doing a good job of it I have to be cutting I have to be passing the ball well and it's like once I figured that out and I started realizing what I need to do to be on the court and that's when everything started you know opening up and your role continues to grow so I, I understand what Matisse was saying and Matisse had a great Olympics where he was able to just you know kill that role which he had on the team and it helped us out a lot and you've always been a defensive player and you mentioned Sweeney before yeah. he was defensive guy in Milwaukee now those guys love defense and so does Jay Kidd so it feels like that it feels like you should be a, a guy that those guys really embrace yeah yeah they're very defensive minded coaches um Sweeney is a crazy defensive coach a very good coach <laughs> uh coach Kidd's very defensive minded and um I think it like literally showed I mean I think I think a lot our first like 30 games were like 15 and 17 or something like that our defense is like the worst in the NBA. And then like something just, you know, flips and switched. Our team was all playing defense and we ended up having like a top three defense in the league for a while. And we just went on a crazy run where we only lost like four games in like, I don't know, whatever it was, 30 games, whatever. But um, Sweeney and JK did a really good job of getting everyone bought into the defensive side of things. Uh, I mentioned some of the off-season moves. Should it be illegal to trade Boban? 
Oh, man. <laughs> I texted him the other day, and I was like, man, I miss you, Bobby. Um, <laughs> he's a good guy, man. Great, like, great locker room guy. Um, you know, good to – just good to be around. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like it's part of the game, yeah. you know. So, yeah, you kind of just get used to it. Like, you know, seeing all these trades and these moves and stuff like that, it's just like can't get too comfortable. Uh, so you're someone that has thrown down some pretty good dunks, the Olympics, NBA. Did you ever try Boban at practice? On Boban? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say I dunked on him, but it didn't pick up one time. <laughs> he was on the court with me when I dunked him. Yeah. Okay, that, that counts. Close enough. Uh, one other guy I want to ask you about, Mark Cuban. So you talk about owners that are always there, and, and it's like Cuban, Bomber, these are the guys we think about. So he's always there the front row do you even notice him at this point and he's also someone who uh, likes to get on the court and get some shots up yeah has he tried to has he challenged you one-on-one or anything ridiculous like that uh no nah. he he yeah he's he's always there but he's very like you know it's always good like it's the same as like any boss in any field you know the more like you see them and the more like they're with you and, and talking to you you know you feel more comfortable and it's a situation where like he's very open with what he wants and what he needs um but yeah, Mark's a really good guy. I remember my rookie year, I was warming up for the game. Wasn't really playing a lot. And this guy walks out of the locker room and starts trying to teach me how to shoot. <laughs> and the other team's on the other side, just staring at Mark Cuban, you know, showing me how to shoot. But it's, he's a, he's like, he's a very good guy. You know, gets riled up for the game. It's like, it's, all, like, it's almost like he's like on our team, you know, ready to go, ready to go at any moment. So he's a very good owner and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm, I'm on his team. Did he have any good tips? Yeah, man, he's, he's got, yeah, he had some good tips. <laughs> He's got to help me out. Back to the boomer stuff. So just as we, we wrap this up, so the last, uh, the next two years, I should say, big tournaments again, World Cup next year, Paris Olympics the year after. You've had that taste. Is that something that, you know, pending everything's going well, you're, you're immediately putting your hand up for again? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like, I've never, it's like a situation like being a part of the Australian team is like, you can't even like really explain it. Like, it's like, it's, it's such a cool, like, and like pride, like it was like it was so cool. And like being in the Olympic Village, like didn't even feel, like obviously you could feel all of Australia like behind you and everything like that. But then you also feel like the whole world is like behind you. Yeah. And everyone was you know going like cheering for us, and you know it was really cool. You know it wasn't even just a basketball team; it was just like the, the the country in general. You know I think by far we had the best you know best country support. You know we're all sitting outside in the you know, courtyard, everyone was watching every event, everyone was cheering, and um, it was really sick. Like, it was like, I didn't want to leave. I was like, man, I could do this all year round, so. By the way, I wanted to clear one thing up. I'm pretty sure last time we spoke on Zoom, I asked you whether you were able to give Luca some rubbish about the medal. And I, I thought that you said yes. But I, like I said, I was talking to some people that covered the team in Dallas, yeah. and they were like, no, he will not talk about that. Don't ask him that. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I already have. Is it off limits to talk about the bronze medal game with Luca? I mean, he wore my jersey That's into right. a game. That's yeah, he wore my jersey into a game. I, I bring it up a good amount. Yeah. But I don't bring it up enough that it's like, all right, Josh, it's enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> he will get pretty personal about it. He was pretty mad after that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, it was fun. It was, yeah, there's been jokes about it, you know, because our trainer was the USA uh, trainer as well. So, and then Frank uh, was, um, he was on the French team. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was funny because one day like there was an announcement like everyone bring their medals in who went to the Olympics. 
Luca was a little salty about that, but uh, nah, it's good. It's good because he can he can joke around about it as well. You know, he could have been but hurt and not worn my jersey, but we we agreed to it before the game, uh, the bronze medal game. That whoever whoever wins, the other one has to wear their jersey. So he held to it, so it was good. Um, so last one on the boomers. Uh, I think when everyone got together in the camp, they talk about passing on the culture. You do education, stuff like that. But do, do you actually sit back and think that the guys that have been there all the time, again, like Paddy, Joe, Bainesy, all these guys, hopefully they're, they're there for another couple of tournaments. But in the end, it is going to be yourself and Josh Giddy and Dyson Daniels. This is the next wave. Do you at all think about taking over as, as sort of the, the stars or eventually the veterans of the Boomers program? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it is, it's, um, it was, it's funny because like I was actually like... I, the amount how invested patty and all these guys yeah. invested into the team it's like you know it's you can take it all in and it's like dude like we need to be able to follow that you know we need to be able to do the same stuff and and be be as committed as patty and joe and you know what they were doing you know holding a we had like you know we had all this stuff you know even just like the rookie thing you know we had to do the rookie dances and <laughs> i was like so scared to do that yeah. i'm very laid back i've never danced in my life and we had to like bring up like and it was like oh it was terrible because i just first thought it was like just in front of like you know a couple like just the veterans but it was like in front of like everybody and it was like a big thing it was like a big formal event and i was like oh geez so but you you remember you know like i'm gonna be you know seeing it one day there's gonna be younger guys coming up so it's just like it's 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 all part of it so definitely though all right last thing as we wrap this up just some quick fire this is just on the olympic squad mm-hmm. So who's the best shooter from that Olympic squad? Who would claim to be the best shooter on the team? Bubbles. That's a fair call. Actually, that is a good call. Uh, best trash talker. I might also know Joe. the answer. Yes, okay. Best fashion sense. Me. Good answer. Best foodie. Who's, who's the person that, that rates himself as, as the biggest foodie? Biggest foodie who eats the most. A, we can take both. So who thinks they, they eat the finest uh, food or maybe the best chef and then who just eats the most? That's, that's a good point. I could see Patty being a pretty fussy eater. Okay. I could see him being a pretty picky eater. Mm-hmm. And then I can just see Bainesy just eating. It's <laughs> a big boy. Uh, who was the funniest? The funniest. We had a funny team. We really did. Uh, I think every, like everyone had their own funny like sense of humor. That's a good call. Who was the MVP of the celebrations? Oh, Patty. Patty goes all in. <laughs> I like it. There was a few players that were trying to claim that title. So who said that? Uh, I think I think Jock was happy with these with these celebrations. Yeah, Joe. I think to be honest, it looked like everyone. Was. Everyone was celebrating. Yeah, but Patty, I, I would I would say Patty. Like Patty was going all in. Uh, which teammate do you least want to be stuck next to on the bus or the plane? Bainsey. <laughs> Poor old Bainsey. He's, seri- he's a serious guy, man. I've, after about three hours of being on a plane, I could just see him getting frustrated. Yeah. You don't want to know small talk with Bainsey? Nah, nah, Bainsey. I love Bainsey, but uh, just a very serious human, man. He's a, 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 a huge man. Uh, last one, Brian Gorgian. If you could describe him briefly, one sentence or two sentences, how would you describe Brian Gorgian? Um, very serious, but in a way very like, very personable guy with his own sense of like humor and, and yeah and like characteristics i love gorge he was a really good coach man it's it's funny like yeah it was good having gorge as a coach
That's the best, man. Appreciate it. Welcome home. Enjoy the last few days. Thank you very much.